0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Wellness Mama podcast, where I provide simple answers for healthier families. Um, I'm so excited for today's guest, but a random fact for your day. First, did you know that people with higher numbers of moles tend to live longer than people with fewer? and that one human hair can support 3.5 ounces, which is about the weight of two full-size candy bars. And with hundreds of thousands of hairs on the human head, that makes the tale of Rapunzel a little bit more plausible, but definitely still fictional. And today's guest and I are gonna talk about hormones and hormone balance, which affect both skin health and hair health. So it's gonna be a fascinating conversation. Our guest is Reed Davis, who is the founder of the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Program or FDN certification. He's a clinical advisor to BioHealth Laboratory, and I've taken a lot of their tests, and they're really good tests. And he helps their practitioners interpret the test results and develop the protocols um, to really restore health and not just treat symptoms. And he's extremely successful and a very experienced clinician and just a wealth of knowledge. And his passion is teaching people how to properly assess their chronic stress conditions and health conditions, especially when it comes to hormones and the immune system and digestion and detoxification. And I could not be more excited to talk to him today. Welcome, Reed.
1: Thank you so much, Katie. It's really a pleasure to be here with you.
0: Thanks so much for, for being here and for agreeing to talk to us. Um, and I'd love to just jump right in. I know yeah. that you do a lot with hormones. So could you give us a primer on the endocrine system and that delicate balance that it keeps in our body and what it does?
1: Well, I sure can. And again, thanks very much. Uh, I liked your intro. And I've been trying to help people for a long, long time. It's the life's work, just like it is yours. So birds of a feather, you know. And the endocrine system is an amazing system of glands that kind of talk to each other so they do that by secreting hormones and they secrete them directly into the bloodstream and they travel around the whole system circulatory system they reach just about every cell and any cell that has a receptor that recognizes that hormone will then be the effect of that hormone so hormones get secreted out and uh, when they reach a cell that knows what it is It'll have its effect upon that cell. And uh, it works in that way, kind of like the nervous system. If you think about it, there's the brain, you know, and it has all these nerves through the spinal cord, and they branch off. And those nerves also go to every cell. So it's just another system that helps the body communicate and function, and it all needs to be working really well and uh the one one particular thing like i just mentioned there's the brain and then the spinal cord and all the things that branch off well the endocrine system kind of has master glands too that's called the hypothalamus and pituitary now you said that this was a show that likes to keep things simple so that families can follow and understand and so um i'll try to do that although it is You know, a bit complex. So you have this endocrine system that there's hormones flying around the body communicating, just helping you function, just kind of like the nervous system, it helps you function. And the master glands are the hypothalamus, And, and the hypothalamus has this junior executive partner, kind of the pituitary. So from there, most of the other glands. Uh, get their signals. You're talking about the pineal gland, you know, that makes melatonin, helps you sleep at nighttime. Uh, the pancreas, which is includes um, blood sugar levels and also um, produces a lot of enzymes that help you break down your food. There's the ovaries, of course, involved in reproduction. The testes for men, same thing. Um, I know your, your listeners will be very familiar with the thyroid gland because that controls metabolism, you know, how fast you uh, metabolize in your body. And then, of course, there's the parathyroid. And believe it or not, Katie, I find this really interesting, the entire gastrointestinal tract, besides the fact that it's a huge part of your immune system, and uh, obviously it's where digestion happens and you absorb food, but it's also kind of a big hormone plant. And uh, then last but not least, everyone's familiar with the adrenal glands, and they, of course, help us handle stress. and have some other functions too. So it's a really neat system and uh, the good news too is that we're able to actually get some hormone levels through blood of course but also through urine which is easier and easier still is saliva testing. So it's it's a great system, it's got to be working in balance and uh, it's neat when it is and it's not so neat when it, when it isn't, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, So talk about that talk about what happens when part of that endocrine system gets out of whack And does that affect the rest of the parts or does it just kind of affect that part of the body? Um, And what what's that cycle what happens? Well,
1: it's it's really interesting what happens Um, In my world, you know, we care a lot more about why it's out of whack, you know, so there's there's this way of looking at it where um, oh look this hormones low and so you might just want to take that hormone. You know, you can certainly run a blood test, and doctors do all the time. And, oh, look, your thyroid's low. Here's some thyroid hormone. Now, our our um, view would be, why is this out of whack? And, uh, because, you know, I just kind of lump it all together into stress. You know, the world that we live in, whether it be uh, mental emotional stress from your job or your relationships finances things like that, but also physical stress You know we take a pounding out there um, car accidents and and bed posture and weaknesses and uh, all kinds of things like that And then of course there's the stress of the environment. There's chemicals and even your body makes chemicals and This is where it gets interesting to me because you know one dysfunction uh, Stress in one area is just going to throw everything else off. So um you know, it's it again. There's there's sort of matrix matrices I use, diagrams I use. There's there's charts that tell you how the endocrine system works, uh, and um, we find that when it's out of whack in one area, uh, that it's not ever good enough to just work on that one area. To answer your question, um, I, I, you really have to work on it all at the same time. That's why our program that we like to use is a very holistic based program, but um, Yeah, so that's a little bit more about what happens when it gets out of whack.
0: Awesome. And what might be some of the conditions or symptoms or problems that someone would see if maybe something was out of whack? But especially maybe those people like me for a long time who knew something was wrong and had some symptoms, but the doctor would just test, like you said, one thyroid hormone and say, no, you're fine. Um, mm-hmm. What what are some of those things people may experience and how can they know um, if something may be wrong, even if they're not getting answers?
1: Well, that's a really good question, Katie, and uh, certainly we've all experienced or a um, lot of us have, you know, of not feeling the way we used to feel. You're not your best. And it could be something simple at first. You're tired, um, you're um, gaining weight, or you're not sleeping well, or uh, it could be a little more serious from there. You might have, um, you know, skin conditions or hairs falling out or, you know, it just, so it goes on and on and on. And what we, what I like to say is that um, everything basically from allergies, and, you know, the more serious acne, rosacea, blood sugar problems, insomnia, as we mentioned, but even headaches, even that sort of foggy thinking thing, indigestion, bloating, digestive problems. We just mentioned that, You know, the the gastrointestinal tract is kind of a big uh, endocrine organ. Um, So you've got the fatigue, like we mentioned. Uh, What about people with inflammation? You know, walk around with achy joints or achy muscles. You know, you find yourself not wanting to go up the stairs or even just getting in and out of a car can be kind of a pain. Um, Certainly, there's the relationship things. Low sex drive is a big problem. Um, Irregular menstrual cycles and things like that. More mood stuff, depression, anxiety. Um, a lot of people don't like this term, but emotional fragility, where you're just kind of not able to handle things like you used to. Um, and again, even more serious stuff, you know, hypertension. Uh, we mentioned weight loss or weight gain, I think, like that. So I call all of that stuff chronic stress-related disorders. In other words, it's not something you caught. uh from kissing or from eating bad food or um you know like a, an infectious disease these are not infectious diseases they're not uh, like um the measles where you caught it from the kids or whatever these are chronic stress related conditions the, the body starts breaking down the minute uh, that you get stressors that build and build and build. And, and again, the first thing you feel like you were saying, you know, it's like, oh, I'm tired. I don't feel like my old self. And when you go to the doctor, they run blood work and there's nothing wrong with you. it. It looks normal because they're really looking for advanced diseases, um, and they're they're there to save your life and they're great people and i'm i'm not a us versus them kind of guy i'm just just saying you don't need them yet they're saying well you don't need me you know i'm i'm here for if you're really bad or like have an infectious disease and in the meantime so so there's nothing wrong with you according to your blood work so what i can do is treat your symptoms in other words they can give you something to feel a little bit better there's lots of drugs uh, that work very well, you know, for symptoms. Um, and then, you know, so that's, those, those are the things, uh, everything I just mentioned are very common uh, conditions associated with chronic stress and then of course the endocrine system getting out of whack. And I can go into details how that works if you want, but that's pretty much, you know, what you get.
0: Yeah, definitely. So in these times when maybe conventional treatments aren't as effective or they're just not taking a whole person into consideration, um, what are some solutions people can start looking at um, or like little lifestyle changes they could start making to see if they notice a difference?
1: Well, um, it might sound a bit uh, simplistic that if someone has allergies or acne or, you know, insomnia, headaches and things like that, um, that it's stress related. You know, they, they, um, they, they look more to, you know, I need a diagnosis and a treatment plan. What we say is that the best treatment is to adopt, you know, healthy habits, um, a holistic lifestyle. And I've categorized in my practice um, the five areas that I think are most important. So if you don't want to just take Medication for the symptoms, and you really would like to get to the underlying conditions—the things you can actually fix in your body. um, You'd need to know a couple things. One is how the body works, and where can you test? You know, where could you run a little test to get, you know, identify something to work on. In other words, where can we get some leverage on the on the functions that are? dysfunctional that are resulting in the symptoms. So you have to understand the way the body works is the symptoms, they're the last thing to occur. There's already kind of a what we call a disease process, something's out of balance. And that's because, you know, something's malfunctioning. It could be um, within that endocrine system, like you mentioned, and the hormones. But it could be digestion, it could be the immune system, it could be your detoxification system, and it could be all of them. <laughs> so, so um, that's where we go to um, address more than just the symptoms. And obviously, you know, I put together a program, I've been doing this for 15 years. I came out of the, the environmental law background, so, so studying the environment, and I switched over to helping people who were basically were sick because of it and it led to me wanting to investigate just about every health problem and then a system of uh, assessing, using some lab work and then protocols. So the answer to your question is if you don't want conventional treatments that are only addressing the symptoms, where can a person look you know what can a person do? Well, if you look at your hand and you have five fingers and you labeled each finger, d-r-e-s-s you have five fingers there's five letters d-r-e-s and that spells dress so it's very easy to remember it's just a neat way of uh and, and maybe i could quiz you on what you think the d the r the e the s and s stand for the things you can do is d is obviously what your diet diet yeah yeah so you you need to eat uh, really good high quality real food and you need to eat it in the right proportions, the right amount of protein, the right amount of fat, and the right amount of carbohydrates, and the you know, and then there's select- selections. Well, which proteins, which fats, which carbohydrates? Because everyone needs a, a sort of a. There's different depending on your background, your genetics, and things. There's uh, different ratios of that. So, but you need to look at food as to, in two ways: with so the macronutrients, protein, fat, and carbohydrates. And then the micronutrients, which is what—that's the vitamins and the minerals and the, the trace minerals and the phytonutrients and other things we get out of food. So it's uh, very, very, very important to it, almost nothing is more important to your health than what you put in your mouth three or four, or five times a day. And so, and obviously drinking good water, you know, and staying well hydrated and um, getting the elimination system moving. But so all that comes from diet. So. Um, you know, we have some ways to figure that out, but I'll just give you a, a little bit of background uh, on the diet part of it. Um, you're genetically programmed to eat that certain amount of protein, fat, carbs. Everyone today, or at least what's really popular today, is the paleo diet, and I have nothing against the paleo diet. It, it's actually, the, the, the theory is very, very solid. You should probably... Um, eat the way your ancestors ate 500 generations ago so if you go back 500 generations, that's a long time ago, you know, my people were living in caves in kind of like uh, what's now England and uh, maybe France, you know, that's sort of uh, Western Europe, you know, that that's my ancestry, so I need to eat like them, and it was a lot of meat and fish, and very little in Terms of grains and things like that. So I'm basically a protein type, but and and you might be one too, Katie. I'm not sure your background, but not everyone is. They're actually, let's say your ancestry was um South American jungle, and you live you lived in the well, you know they actually ate much more carbohydrates, and they're perfectly programmed to eat a lot more carbs. So they'd be more your carb type. And that's legitimate. So paleo diet is fine as long as you know which paleo diet. And so, so you know, uh, let me give you another extreme example. It'd be the Eskimos, the Inuit. But I'm actually Canadian, so uh, way up uh, above in northern Canada are these people who are perfectly programmed genetically from thousands of years of programming to eat. About 95% protein, if you can imagine, and fat. So protein and fat is 95% of their diet. And they're perfectly healthy when they eat that way. And as soon as they don't eat that way, they get sick. And and right now uh, in the upper parts of Canada, not only the Inuit, but there's the the Cree Nation and these other, um, like almost Eskimos, uh, the deer people, they used to be called because they live off of deer. And they're all sick. There is just... Hundreds of government uh, clinics treating people for uh, diabetes because they've gotten off their native diet. They're eating, you know, donuts and drinking coffee, and they're sick. All of them because they're so genetically programmed to not eat that way. So I hope that hope I'm not going into too much, but diet is just absolutely critical, and it's a matter of genetic programming. You are going to have to figure out each person listening the correct amount of protein, fat, and carbs as a good place to start. And you'll feel better. And its I've had people, and we actually run a little test, metabolic typing test, that tells us where to start. And so I've had clients who were eating uh, just pure carbs for breakfast, you know, and washing it down with a cup of coffee, which is a stimulant, and then wondering why they were tired at 10 o'clock in the morning, and as soon as we changed their diet to one that was, Program They were programmed, wow, hey, I've got energy. I can get through to lunch on a good, solid breakfast. What a theory. <laughs> what a concept. But, yeah, it actually works in terms of uh, starting to get the body functioning properly. When you eat right, it helps your hormones. When you eat right, it balances your nervous system. You know, we don't, uh, you know, and I can go into so much detail on how the diet affects the nervous system Uh and depending on how much time you want to give me, I know you want to be here for hours and hours, but that's kind of what it's like. You know, it's, it's so interesting. So the D for diet, that is the number one first place to start and making sure you're staying very well hydrated and that you're um, eating food that helps you eliminate properly. You need to be having your uh, bowel movements on a very regular basis. And if you're not, you're not eating right. And I can explain the, the, the rest of the dress. It's, it, it the, R, a D-R, the R stands for rest, which means get a good night's sleep. We could talk a whole lot about how that helps the body and balances your hormones and helps your nervous system out. Then the E is obviously exercise, we're designed to move. Uh, you can't detoxify your body if you're not regularly exercising, obviously it's good for the heart and the lungs and everything else. And the first S of the two, so DRE is diet, rest, exercise. Uh, that's no surprise to anyone. The two S's stand for stress reduction, is the first, and supplementation. And so I'm trying to give you an answer to your question, which is, you know, where, where can a person look? Um, they can look at how they eat. Are they going to bed in time? Are they exercising? And well, by the way, sleeping through the night and feeling refreshed in the morning. Are they exercising properly? And are they reducing stress in every way they can? And then, are they taking their supplements? And the, and the reason supplements are important is because food is not very high quality these days. They've, they've really just ruined the earth, and we're getting food that's it's all commercially, you know, harvested. Even if you're getting eating um, vegetables and fruits and and things like that there's there's a lot of issues around um the quality and so i do think supplements are necessary vitamins minerals essential fatty acids um, antioxidants and things like that are very important but let's go back to the first s the stress reduction that's where i think the testing is really important that we do we look for food sensitivities we look for uh you know, parasites, bacteria, funguses, and stuff can be identified. So, we, get, we, we can get rid of those kind of stressors for people. And the rest is just a very empowering system, step by step, you know, of de- diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. Was that too long of an answer? <laughs> or are we doing okay?
0: We're doing great. That was perfect. I was, while you were talking about the first one, I was like, I bet exercise is in there and probably stress and sleep, but I love how easy to remember that is. Um, But Reed, I did not know that you were an environmental specialist before you got into the health side. Um, So I'm going to throw a question we hadn't talked about, but talk about environment. What things should we be looking for in our home environment or outdoor environment that might be not so helpful to our health?
1: That's a really good question. And there are about Eighty thousand plus chemicals in the in the in use today, especially in the United States, we're one of the most chemically treated populations, and and uh, it's all sort of accidental contact. So there's over eighty thousand chemicals being manufactured and in, in use, and some of them are in used in um, agriculture, and some are used in other in, you know industry and in our clothing and in our just just everywhere, they're, they're called, the term is ubiquitous, which means they are everywhere. Now, only uh, several hundred of them have been tested for safety. So when we know something's really, really, really nasty, you know, the go- government gets involved and runs a few tests and, and decides if it's, uh, you know, what kind of labeling it should have, basically. It doesn't mean we won't get exposed to it, but at least we should be warned that it's around you know like when you drive into a gas station you see a sign on the pump that says you know this area is known to have things in it that could cause cancer well we know you know hold your breath when you're filling your tank (laughs) but but what i'm saying is that most of them are untested so guess who what the test is we're the test you know the population is we're the rats that that we're just figuring out well this is what happens, and what we know happens is a lot of these chemicals are endocrine disruptors. They they can ruin your hormones, and and lots of other sort of dysfunction. It can ruin your nervous system, the brain. Um, in, you know, we just know that they're um, very unhealthy things. And um, thank goodness there are environmental laws. I mean, which actually didn't even the the, the true sort of environmental law era didn't start until about 1970. So, prior to 1970, there was very, very little— there was like a Clean Water Act that got passed in about the 50s, and uh, that prevented some mistreatment of wa- our water, but uh, in terms of groundwater and drinking water and things like that. But um, really, the Environmental Protection Agency, for in- instance, didn't start until the 70s. Uh, Richard Nixon actually signed the EPA, and so, um, you know, through, through you know, I don't want to go too much into it, but um, they can't keep up. The, the chemical manufacturers and, and users are way, way, way ahead of um, our knowledge of what it's doing to us. So um, you have to be careful. You have to read labels. You, you um, want to watch out for things like plastics and again, clothing. I'll tell you this to make it real. Katie, maybe someone else might identify with this. I bought a new sofa and for about two months it was still outgassing. And every time I sat on it I fell asleep. Now it's a comfortable sofa and you know I do get tired. But I had this un it was the and I looked up the uh uh treatment, the fire retardant treatment, and it turns out that it's a sedative. When you, when you smell that outgassing of the things, it actually knocks you out. It's basically knockout gas coming off my new sofa. You know, I had to put it out on the porch before I let it outgas a little quicker. But um, isn't that uh, interesting how that works?
0: That's amazing. Yeah, and it's hard, I think, especially for moms to find that balance because on the one hand, I think you could probably find something wrong with anything out there and, and get in such a state of fear that you can't go anywhere or do anything or touch anything. But it is so important mm-hmm. to just be aware of all the things we're exposed to and just to be careful, especially of the really dangerous ones and how crazy that your couch had sedatives in it.
1: Yeah. The fire retardants and their own clothes, especially kids, pajamas, these are treated with fire retardants. And I guess if you put pajamas on kids, <laughs> they're supposed to go to sleep, but you don't want it to be because of the chemicals coming off their clothing, you know?
0: Exactly. Um,
1: and yeah, so you, you, you know, and unfortunately, um, these big manufacturers they they lobby real hard uh, against labeling laws and things like that. They don't want us to know what's in that stuff. So uh, and and but what you could do is you can start to pay attention to what's going on with your child. You can um, look at them and see if their complexion changes. A lot of kids' ears turn red, for instance. Real one of the most common so- sort of. Uh, sensitivities uh, if there's a sensit- chemical sensitivity going on um you can see their eyes might dilate they uh they might their eyes might droop they get they get sort of sleepy they might go into a fog and they they're kind of staring off into space or their ears could turn red like i said or the behavior might get even agitated and things so um you, you really sort of need to pay attention and be your own um investigator It is like we all have to be private detectives uh, and health detectives.
0: Yeah, and I love that term that you use. And just from a practical standpoint, um, I was really, I had researched a lot about flame retardant chemicals in kids sleepwear and also in mattresses. And so that was a priority for us. We really researched and saved up and invested in organic bedding and mattresses for them. Um, And there are now, thankfully, some good brands of pajamas that are organic cotton that don't use flame retardants. Um, and we've made that switch just because you spend so much of your life sleeping and in your sleep clothes, and it really can be a big source of toxins that you wouldn't think about.
1: Yeah, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. And I would love to, um we're going to eventually run out of time here, but I would love to touch on um, how food can especially affect certain hormone conditions and what those practical pathways that that happens are. Because um, I know a lot of women who have been told by doctors, you know, food doesn't affect your hormones. It's not, you can't make your fertility come back by eating certain foods. It's not causing your infertility. Um, I, not my current doctor, but had doctors tell me in the past, food does not affect your thyroid. Your thyroid condition is not caused by eating any certain foods or not eating any certain foods. So just eat whatever you want and just take medicine. And I, I know we both know that's not always the best solution, but talk about practically what are some of the ways that food affects hormones directly?
1: Well, I can tell you exactly from lots of observations. I've tested thousands and thousands of people. It's kind of my claim to fame, Katie, is that I worked in a clinic for years and years and I was the uh, called the case manager and uh, health director of the whole place. Every person walking in the door had to talk to me and uh, tell me what their problems were. Now, we had chiropractic and acupuncture and and uh, massage and uh, nutrition and, and lots of you know ways of helping people. But I became a good health detective. And so what one of the most obvious things and we kind of just covered it if you're going to follow a holistic lifestyle of dress diet is critical now diet can be very stressful and stress is always going to throw your hormones off i mean the the number one cause of uh i would say hormone issues is stress So when I say that word stress, people think, they just think of the mental emotional thing. Oh, I'm not that stressed. You know, my life is good. I'm a stay-at-home mom and my husband makes lots of money and my kids are angels or something like that. So they don't think they have stress. But food, the wrong diet, can be very stressful and it starts to put a burden on your adrenals and uh, the cortisol that is produced in response to stress. So... Uh, there's two ways that food can stress you out. One is that it's the wrong metabolic type diet. In other words, if you're a protein type, but you live on carbs, that's stressful to your body. It's always trying to adapt. It's trying to create energy from the wrong fuel mixture. And, and that's how we need to look at it. Like It's like the right fuel mixture. It's the right amount of protein, fat, and carbs. Your cells need to... Uh, produce energy so they can do their job. They don't need to be taught what their job is, but they do need to do their job well. And to do their job, a cell needs energy, and it makes energy out of the food. So if you're not getting the right fuel mixture in for your genetics, if you're a protein type and you're not eating that way, or if you're a carb type and you're eating too much protein, same thing. You won't produce energy on a cellular level, and that cell won't do its job properly. Now, that's... Uh, The best description of stress, you know, that you can, uh, in terms of diet, um, you're not producing energy. Now, that's stressful to the body. It causes, this is a good term for you guys, metabolic chaos. And so that's not something that's a diagnosis. You can't go to your doctor and he, he says, oh, you're suffering from metabolic chaos. Here's your prescription. There is no prescription for that. The only thing that will straighten out that metabolic chaos is The step-by-step, you know, kind of get the diet right, get to bed, all the holistic living that we get to do. So so diet can be very stressful uh, in that way, that you're just not producing energy at the right way. But it can also be stressful another way. There are both genetic and acquired immune problems or just basically inflammatory problems. So your body will create inflammation if you eat the wrong foods. And that inflammation will start to break you down, for, and and it, it can break down the lining of the small intestine. Um, that can lead to uh, dysbiosis in the in the colon. Um, it can also lead to you're not absorbing food very well. It can lead to you're not uh, protecting yourself. Your immune system isn't because you know, 75% of your immune system is in the gut. So now you're catching uh, you you get yeast overgrowth. You get yeast overgrowth now. Um, Uh, that's a, that's a sort of a bad thing. And then other bugs can move in. Bacterias can move in and they can start building condominiums and inviting their buddies, which are the big bad guys like parasites and things. So, so there's, there's stress from eating wrong for your genetics. And then there's stress from eating foods that we're very sensitive to. There's just some foods and it it changes from person to person. That's why we actually like to test. But one thing that you could do at home now is um, eliminate foods. And pretty much everyone listening probably has heard of just getting rid of gluten and dairy, for instance. And that's less stress on your system. Now, that less stress on your system is going to mean, oh, your hormones, uh, there's not so much demand for high cortisol levels. And those high cortisol levels, you know, aren't going to have the negative impact they have. Again, back to that idea of metabolic chaos, there'll be less metabolic chaos when you – Uh, eat right for your type and also don't eat foods that you're sensitive to Uh, and so you know I can go on and on about that it's really interesting um, how how, you know the direct relationship between stress and uh, cortisol levels you know cortisol raises your blood sugar well what could that lead to obesity uh, type 2 diabetes eventually um, and things like that So, so don't let anyone tell you that food doesn't affect um, your health, especially the hormones.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important. And I love your approach of, um, because you see so many groups that want to totally eliminate different macrobiotics like the, you know, no carb or low carb or um, low fat or no fat. And obviously none of those approaches at their extreme are good for you. But I think Mm -hmm. it's so important for people to figure out what specifically works best for their body and not take any diet program, you know, at face value. But then once the macrobiotics are figured out, focus on the most nutrient-dense, bioavailable, micronutrient-rich foods that they can find within those guidelines of what works best for them. Um, Because you're right, we're kind of fighting a losing battle with our food system, and we need all those nutrients that we can get in whatever framework we have.
1: Absolutely, Um, it's really important to support your local uh, organic farmers and and these kind of things, because diet is critical. And um, again, we like to run some tests, but you can do elimination diets, and they work very well in a lot of cases, um, especially with your kids. You know, if your kids are, um, have issues around behavior or attitude or um, energy levels or uh, these kind of things, um, the, the number one thing you can do is start um, thinning out their diet and, and find things. Um, There's lots of places you can go to look for for tips on that Yeah, but yeah, it's really critical
0: Awesome. Well in a minute I want to tell everybody the special link where they can go find out if they want to get more distinct testing and um, learn your programs But first I have a few questions. I always end with Um, and the first one is what is some advice you wish someone had given you earlier in life?
1: Some advice that I wish someone had told me earlier in life. Oh, man (laughs) <laughs> i might have to make some confessions if i tell you that <laughs> uh, the number one thing i absolutely know i'm 61 years old i feel most of the time like a teenager still you know i i have that enthusiasm for life i love to learn i'm a real optimist i mean to me the the cup is not half full it's three quarters full that's the way i go about my life day and I get up every morning and I pray and I, and I just get into a state of gratitude and thank God for you know everything I have uh, going for me and, and blessings on all the people I know but um the number one thing Katie would be I wish I took better care of my body when I was younger I was very hard on my body I've had uh, 15 motorcycle accidents I used to do um, some recreational uh, drugs for instance and um and, uh, you know, a lot of sort of bad things I don't do anymore. <laughs> but, but, um, I sure wish I took better care of my, my body when I was younger. And so, uh, again, I'm, I'm in my just early 60s. I just turned 61 a few weeks ago. And I'm really doing my best now. But there's some things that, that, uh, uh, you know, you, you kind of like, Here, here's a good concept for you to think. Maybe we could, um, We talked about metabolic chaos and that's at different levels in each one of us. There's some metabolic chaos here. It just means things aren't working quite right. Whether it be on a cellular level or an organ level or a whole system level or even within certain tissues, uh, there's some chaos and that's why you might not feel or look your best. And so everyone's got different levels of that. Now when it gets really bad... Uh, that's where you need help, you know, straightening it out. That I train professionals how to do this, but you know, kind of go through a step-by-step process of of figuring out um, where within that metabolic chaos do we need to make improvements functionally. Again, it could be hormones, immune system, digestion, detoxification. System. There's markers that allow us to get some some leverage in there. Yeah. But the, But the other thing, the, the what is um. Uh, required for us to work the way we do is called vital reserve. Everyone has varying degrees of vital reserve. It's the life force. It's an innate uh, healing ability that your body has. An example would be if you get um, a cut on your arm accidentally, uh, you just keep it clean and it heals. Well, guess what? In some people, it heals a lot slower. Or in some people, believe it or not, it might not heal at all if they get it cut, and so that's a vital reserve that needs to be in effect. And uh, we do very very well um, if we have enough vital reserve left um, to you know counter and the the metabolic chaos. And so that's my job in what I practice to help people straighten out. And it's by the way what uh allows us to appreciate physicians and doctors who work on people where there is no vital reserve so you know when you're going to a doctor and he says there's nothing wrong with you what he means is that you've that you know your blood work is showing up that there's enough vital reserve that you should be okay you know you're not dying yet Because doctors, you know what, their real job is to save lives. And they do every day. But it's when the metabolic chaos has reached a point of no return and there's not enough vital reserve for you to come back on your own. Well, that's when you need a doctor. And so we don't have a a us versus them. You know, I practice what's called functional diagnostic nutrition. That's a phrase that I coined to describe my outlook on the body and healing and health. And uh, we use the DRESS protocols, the DRSs, as part of our protocols. So that's perfect. And that's what your listeners need unless they're dying, basically. Uh, well, then you need a doctor. Or if you have a bone sticking out of the arm bleeding because you just had a car accident, you need a doctor for that. That's not when you call a nutritionist, right? So so we work within this very, um, uh, I've I've been able to sort of simplify uh, these these approaches so, so that people can understand it, and um, we focus on the needs. And so if you don't, if your physician says you don't need me right now, that's what he's saying when he says your blood work. You don't need me unless you want to take something. I can write you a prescription for your for your headaches, or whatever it is. But um, what you do need is to pay attention. And uh, sort out the metabolic chaos. and Because we trust that you do have the vital reserve. Everyone listening here probably has the vital reserve that if you would just get a handle on those stressors that are causing the metabolic chaos, they're going to be okay. You can make steps. You can all improve. We can all improve. And I'm telling you, at 61, this is my life's mission for myself. And everything I learn, I'm going to disseminate. I'm going to share and that's, that's what I do. And that's why I'm so glad that you had me on today so I could share a little bit.
0: Yeah. I Happy late birthday, for one. And I agree yeah. with you. That is some advice I wish someone had given me at 16 instead of 26. You know, take care of your body. And yeah. that's why I know we're both so passionate about helping everyone, but helping especially moms and parents. Because if we can keep the next generation from getting to that point and having to fix themselves as we have, then they've mm. already got a head start. Amen. Yeah, and um, let's see. Next question would be, what is a book that you um, really enjoy that you maybe read more than once and that you would recommend?
1: Well, um, in terms of uh, the um, average book that a person might read that I would recommend, um, I'll say that uh, the the, the metabolic-type diet is a good one for health. Um, You know, I've got, gosh, so many many, uh, because I – I kind of used to be a book freak. Now everything's on the Internet, <laughs> right. you know, or Kindle or something. But, um, you know, something like um, uh, Why Stomach Acid is Good for You by Jonathan Wright. Um, there's another book um, for because I believe that being healthy requires us to be um, mentally and emotionally and spiritually, um, you know, developed as well. Um, I think The Richest Man in Babylon is a good book that that helps people sort of manage their way around the world. The world requires us to um, make a living and pay pay our bills, to be self-reliant. To be self-reliant in health, you have to be self-reliant in life, I think. And so books like that have been very helpful to me. That's awesome. uh, Yeah.
0: Very cool. And then lastly... um I know all of this, if someone's new to this type of lifestyle, can seem so overwhelming. So if someone is just starting out and maybe has some of these health problems or um, just struggles that they're having, what would be the first step, the one little piece of actionable advice that you would have them start with?
1: Well, uh, get up in the morning and be glad you're alive and uh, count your blessings and try to improve upon whatever you're situation is and and really i think that one's world view and attitude and intention are the key and you, you can write that down worldview which is your basically your intentions and your attitude um they're critical you it, it, um i know some people aren't I, I don't understand how it works exactly where it comes from. but this this glass is half empty Um, those people have more problems than the glasses half full people. So I think if you get up every day and count your blessings and you try to improve, you just take a step in the right direction. Sometimes you have to narrow your focus in order to do that. Like I need to get up early and I need to eat a breakfast, you know, drink some water. Um, I keep water by my nightstand so that I can drink water during the night if I do wake up. But, um, you know, first thing in the morning, I'm down in a bunch of water trying to hydrate my body, and then uh, from there, you know, see what the day day brings. But yeah, I think I think that for me, um, it might not be exactly what you're thinking of, like the D R E S S thing. Yeah, that works. But you know, just getting up in the morning and and, and a, try to adjust adjust your attitude and your intentions. Your intentions have to be to be productive and and helpful and um blessings will come to you if you if you go about your life that way i guarantee it and um you know work on your your intention is to to be helpful to be healthy and if your attitude is good you know glasses have have full which means count your blessings be glad for what you have and and your day's going to be a lot better
0: Absolutely, I agree, 100%. And um, I would also really love to tell everybody listening to go check out your site. Um, we created a short link for them to be able to find your resources, and that's wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash FDN. Um, and do you want to tell everybody else any more places they can find you or um, where they can stay in touch if they want to learn more about you?
1: Well, um, I, you know, I have a website, it's um, FDN Training. Dot com. We do train people how to uh, practice functional diagnostic nutrition. So fdntraining.com is a good site that um, you'll see me. You can wave to me as you go by. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably the best place.
0: Awesome. Reid, thank you so much for taking your time to be here and for all the great information you just shared and, um, and for your mission of trying to help others every day.
1: Well, thank you. And likewise, I know you're on a mission to help families and moms. And it's a amazing, wonderful thing to do. And uh, I know you're getting up every day being thankful. And so are your listeners, I hope. And uh, this time went by so fast. Uh, I really enjoyed it.
0: Awesome. Thank you. We'll have to do a round two sometime.
1: All right, Katie. Anytime. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Reed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wellness Mama podcast where I provide simple answers for healthier families. If you would like to get my seven simple steps for healthier families guide for free, head on over to wellnessmama.com and enter your email and I'll send it over to you right away. You can also stay in touch on social media, facebook.com forward slash endless wellness or on Twitter and Instagram at wellnessmama. And I would also really appreciate it if you would take a second and subscribe to this podcast so that you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you've ever benefited from something I've talked about on this podcast, I would be really appreciative if you would leave a rating or review, since that's how others are able to find this podcast and so we can help spread the message. Thanks as always for listening and for reading and for being on board with creating a future for our children that's healthier and happier. And until next time, have a healthy week.